Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. A goose in the water. This is the Totally Football League show. Hello, the morning of the Tuesday after the weekend before that saw 12 penalties converted in 34 games, four in League Two alone. A goose, get the gander up at Macclesfield and played two, lost two, scored none, conceded eight at Morecambe. That's now 119 days without a goal. I hope that ends on Tuesday in the EFL Cup, so it might already have happened. In which case, 122 days young or not. Goals, goals, goals then. 111 in his professional career, apparently. Former Swindon, Ipswich, Luton, Exeter striker Sam Parkin and, hilariously, has a bit of a squint, doesn't he? Were you just pointing out Adrian Clark in this, this week's league paper? Yeah, look, he's had all summer to sort out his picture byline, hasn't he? And he's chosen one where he's, he's, he's got a bit of a squint on. He's looking into the out. sun. I'm looking just up. not that vain. I'm not really bothered. It's about the content of the article, Caroline. Yeah, no one's read it. Uh, no, <laughs> we have, clearly. I've read it. Have you read it, Adrian? No. Oh, it's actually not yet. a good read. Not yet. You'll hear more about it during the show because essentially that is his work ahead of this week and the show. Adrian Clark's here. Hi. <laughs> That's it. Um, marauding midfield dynamo. Oh, you clearly never saw me play. <laughs> no. I, I'm just reading the reports. Oh, that wasn't about you. Sorry about that. Uh, Clarky and Parky are going to get their own theme tune. And Barky. That's what Ian McIntosh, the legacy he leaves, he wants to sing it. We might insert it around about this point. If we're getting that, Joe Crilly from William Hill, Lord knows what you're getting. Oh, I dread to think. Mm, don't. <laughs> uh, I've got some things for you this week. Not that I don't normally. By things, I don't mean gifts, although feel free to dig into the, the, the sweets as always. Uh, but some odds of an odd type. We're going to talk animals. I hope you're prepared. Uh, red cards, we'll go for that too, and we might talk relegation. Where should we start? I said Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. I had a lovely text, stroke tweet. Was it Pigeon? No, it was a Twitter. Uh, Would it be easier to just give Leeds the title now, says Thomas, and let everyone else scrap for second place? Brackets, bit of sarcasm, but it's the first real shred of happiness we've had in a long while. Close brackets. Derby one, Leeds four. Sam, should we have a little bit of a purr over Leeds? Purr, why why not? Let them enjoy it, I say. Quality of the goals as well. That's probably the first thing that stood out for me. Um, obviously, that intensity. And already we're anticipating that burnout at the start of uh, the winter or whatever. But I looked at the bench and I think they've got some good options there. You know, And he, he's clearly not put Bamford, Blackman, the goalkeeper, and Baker, uh, the new recruits. He's not put them in because they're probably not up to speed like the rest of the lads who have done the full pre-season. Um, and I've obviously got used to his way of playing. So another brilliant victory. Uh, Derby not quite at it, a little bit disjointed, but it's two games. Let's see, you know, after 10, a dozen, how they're getting on. But brilliant. And uh, it was a feature of my conversation last week, the headed goals, Kemar Roof. And that's even better than I think the Lawrence one because it was two beautiful passes. Douglas, I think, lovely pass. Alioski, and to get up and actually the timing and then to put the pace on the header as well, back where it came from, that's even a tougher skill. So mm. brilliant to see. Why, why are we doing this whole, and, and I understand why we're doing this whole, having just said why, uh, about Bielsa and the, his style of play, the, the pressing, whether the mm. players can handle it. They've bought into it so quickly that mm. you kind of feel they're going to stick with it. Well, they look like a team, don't they? They look like a team that have been playing together for years. And I think that is that is credit to his his management. They have clearly spent more than two hours per day on the training ground. We've heard stories, haven't we? Nine till seven. Nine till seven. 
I believe it because they they are all in so in sync, aren't they? And that's very unusual, I think, for a new team under under a new coach. So so fair play. It's not just about pressing either. I think when you've got good players and Leeds already had good players, but I think the art to management is 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 actually quite simple. Get good players and get them grafting. Yeah. Get them really, really running their socks off for you. Not not in a headless way, clearly, but in an organised way. And then you've got a team and they are, they're blowing opponents away at the moment. Kemar Roof is a, is a great example of a modern striker, isn't he? Because he was a winger, wasn't he, really? I mean, he hasn't always been a centre forward. So I think the fact that, that it's almost this new breed of Mo Salas, I suppose, that, that these guys that can, can transfer their skills uh, and become a, a hard-working centre forward. But, yeah, really, really impressed by him. Um, the goalkeeping issue, I think, is, is really important, though, and you touched on it. He did make a bit of a ricket, didn't he? It's a wonderful free kick. Um, but the youngster, I think, could have done better. Will have Leeds got... They've got two keepers that are decent, but are either of them good enough to be a tighter winning keeper? I don't... You know, we'll find out, won't we, over the coming months. I think that may be a weak link. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Blackburn doesn't get a run of games. There was a lot of movement on the free kick, that said. I've been in goal a few times and <laughs> it, would have flummoxed, times. it would have flummoxed me in training. I used to love donning the gloves, the cat okay. they used to call me. Um, Were you an option then if, if the keeper ever got sent no, off? No, 100% not. No, I was I was always an option to go centre-half, Caroline, and that put the fear of God into me. They <laughs> did it, not they did it to me once, I think it was at Exeter City, and they, there was a real uh, lack of, of centre-halves at the club. And I said, Paul Tisdale's thinking about playing you at centre-half Boxing Day. I did not sleep. About 48 hours, they kept it going, the lads. <laughs> oh, my God. Was it because you knew you could do a ricket when you're up front and maybe it wouldn't I, matter? I think but... when you've spent your whole career trying to get away from people, it's very different when you're trying to mark people or trying to hold a line and stuff like that when you've got little nippy centre-forward. Wouldn't wish it on my worst would, enemy. Would you have been sort of sticking your elbow into the striker? Would you have been a bit of a grizzly centre half? I, I would imagine so. No, no, no. no. Don't be uh, confused by appearances, Adrian. Yeah, I would have been his image in the football league paper. I would have been uh, very much a ball playing centre half, which is very uh, much uh, on vogue at the moment. <laughs> so, Joe Crilly, odds then on a Sam Parking comeback? No, not on a Sam Parking oh. comeback. Have, have things changed for for Leeds? Or were they, they're quite well priced. Although we did this whole sit down and go, we don't know where they're going to go this season. Yes, yeah, so they were um, they're about half the price that they were um, at the start of the season to win the championship. They're now nine to two. They're around about nine to one, ten to one at the start of the season. But that's also to do with the fact that Stoke have started so slowly and they were comfortable favourites at the start of the season. They've drifted out to 7-1 to one now after a couple of uh, shaky games with Middlesbrough, the 6-1 uh, to one second favourites. Stokes, some odd comments again from Gary Rowett. Uh, every week, perhaps I'll start with a yes, I tipped Stoke to win the championship. Stoke won, Brentford won. And there was a comment made on national radio at, at the weekend about teams like Brentford. Stoke should be beating teams like Brentford but Brentford aren't an easy prospect however for me that the worry comes Sam with some of these comments from Gary Rowett saying my message to the players is that we've got to wake up at the moment we look too easy to create chances against and talking about maybe having a a lack of players. Mm, He looked a little bit troubled in the the post-match interview that I saw and I think the natives were a little bit restless which is probably natural given that they've been an established Premier League team so you see Brentford have come into town and It is doing them a disservice because it's a very excited Brentford team that Dean Smith has put together. I've noted it down. 13 passes, nine players involved 
in the goal. We can probably stop talking about Brentford right there. That's kind of what they do. And they've been able to keep their squad intact as well. So very difficult game for Stoke, um, given how well Brentford have been playing the last few seasons. But I mean, if there's players that don't want to be in the uh, the championship for Stoke, get them out and uh, use the resources to bring players in who do want to play for the club. You think that's it? You think there's... there's Get the lads signed up. They got Joe Allen signed up, didn't they? I mean, he clearly wanted to be there. You need to get the right balance within that squad. There's too many long faces, aren't there, within that squad at the moment. They are feeling sorry for themselves. And actually, I think Gary Rowett, in a a strange kind of way, is coming across like he feels a bit sorry for himself, which is ridiculous, given the money that, that he's had to spend. And I think he is feeling the pressure because at Derby... Uh, he didn't achieve what he set out to do. His stock was so high before he took the Derby job. And I think he did stagnate at Derby and he knows he's under pressure to really deliver for Stoke. And, and I think he is showing signs of, of cracks there. It's really interesting the dynamic that, that Swansea have, have, have taken in comparison to a Stoke. They have basically got rid of the players that wanted to play in the Premier League and recruited young, hungry guys that are used to the championship. And you do wonder. I think over the course of the season, the quality of Stoke's squad should see them see them uh, climb the league at no problem. But they need to sort their morale out. That is that is the issue there. He almost actually, I think, needs to take the pressure off of the players and, mm. and just start having a bit of fun every day at, at training. Just relax them a bit. And then I think they'll, I think they'll be fine. You, you've not heard any whispers from any of the players? then about whether they're oh, look at this such a cool question isn't it who's going to give me eye contact who wants to avoid it you've not heard anything about how the players are feeling in it's terms too of... early isn't it yeah. I think I think you, there, so there will early. there will be grumblings look no yeah. one's no one's happy they haven't won a game yet but it's way too soon but but the, the from the outside looking in you you get the impression that Stokes players are feeling sorry for themselves and, and that's bad at this stage of the season. The, the other side of the coin is I don't think the Swansea fans are particularly happy having lost all those players. I think um, defensively they've lost all their centre-halves. I think Van der Horn's the only one that remains and mm. you know they're questioning the, the owners as to why they're not spending money and to why they're not bringing players in. I know they, they went for Woods, uh, Ryan Woods, that looks like that might still happen as a, as a loan. That would be a great signing for him but Adrian's right, gone for, for young players. Clearly cut back a lot in terms of the, the wages. Yeah. Graham Potter looks like he's going to be a good manager, but it just shows you that the fans, um, you know, they've always got a, a, an axe to grind, really. I, I guess at, at least, maybe to give some credit to the Swansea owners, they have come out and addressed it and, and mm. spoken about mm. it. And Graham Potter, again, has been quite reserved in his manner. There's, there's been no sort of needle, no. really, on, on the owners and what's happened. It's just, we'll keep on working until the 31st. And, and he is hungry, isn't he? I mean, yeah. Obviously, he was fantastic. He was in the safest job in Europe, really, at Austin because he'd take them from obscurity into Europe. He, he was Mr. Ostersons. He got the chance here and he's really, really determined to grab it. And and I remember watching the Ostersons side against Arsenal that played really fast brand of football, brave football. Um, they were pressing as well from the front and, and, and there was just no fear, lots of width. And I really like you know, the, the kid they got from Sunderland, Asaro, and they got Selina, who they've taken a chance on. Mick McCarthy wanted to use him as a sub a lot last year, but, but he's such a flair player. So I think the Swansea, under astute coaching from Potter, and the fact that they've got so many young, hungry players might might surprise a few people. But the the worry for them is uh, naivety in defence. So so Mike Van der Horn, who started the season really well, he needs to continue in that vein. If he starts if he starts struggling, then then Swansea will leak goals. I think. Yeah, it was a tight one 0 win over Preston for Swansea at the weekend. Some of those tight results again. Middlesbrough beating Birmingham one 0 I had high hopes for Birmingham, but, but Middlesbrough again have just been 
consistent mm. this season already. It's still so early. Tight result, <laughs> yeah. but I think it was 1-0 going on 5-0. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they got away lightly. Sombolonga is going to be vitally important for them. And I enjoyed Tony Pulis actually fielding a, a couple of young lads as well. I think Fry and Wing. Um, sounds like a night out of Nando's or something, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's not exactly what you'd expect from Tony Pulis. And I think they've been playing a bit of a three as well. And Ryan Shotton's been playing as a wing back. So a little bit flexible in terms of his formations. And the biggest thing for, for Middlesbrough this year could be Braithwaite back in the fold. Mm. Uh, it's been touched on a few times, but paid big money for him. Didn't produce. And uh, he was, um, I think he was the architect of the goal at the weekend. Created a few other chances for Sombolonga. He looks like he could come good. And it just shows you, mate, it takes a little bit of time. Pace up top. It makes a difference. I think there's a bit of chemistry there, isn't there, with Sombolonga and, and Braithwaite. And, and the fact that he's using them now means that he doesn't have to have a lumbering target man. Yeah. Um, and the reason that he's okay with not having a lumbering target man, I think is because he signed Aidan Flint, who is just a man mountain, isn't he? So when it comes to the set pieces, which is so important, he's got a guy that that scores a ridiculous amount of goals from them. So so he can afford to to drop the target man striker and go with this little bit more mobility up there. And I think it's made them better to watch. Well, not to overstate anything, Tony Pulis, he called it an absolute travesty that they didn't win by five or six. And then there's always that worry. Although we sit there as fans, don't we? Go, this time next week, they're all going to gel and suddenly we'll win by 10. And, and then maybe it doesn't always happen. As a striker, Sam, I'm just reminding you what, what you were. <laughs> yeah, the actual um, position yeah, that I... Uh, that, that, that actual yeah. position that you gave up at the wrong time. Uh, as a striker, was there... For you, that that kind of moment when you thought we should be doing better, but how do we force it? We, I guess, the minute you try and force something, the goals aren't going to come anyway. Yeah, I mean, hard work was always the the thing that you try to maintain as a striker, and you kind of get your own luck. I always felt that if I was going through a difficult spell, if you work harder, if you make more runs in the box, more dynamic runs across the front post, and kept on the move you'd get one going off your shin and it was amazing how many times that happened in, in my career and it, it, I think it's like anything I always say it as a striker you want to do things intuitively when you start thinking about where your touch is going where you have to move that's when you you suffer real goal drought so I think they'll be fine Middlesbrough I think that um disappointed not to add to their goal tally at the weekend but Tony Pulis will certainly take 1-0 every week. Yeah, you're a grafter. And we want to see a few more of those those grafters <laughs> playing. As you were saying, though, Adrian, we're getting a few of those in the Championship this season. At the Totally Show, if you want to be part of the conversation too. You're listening to the Totally Football League Show in association with William Hill. For all the latest odds in the footballing world, check out williamhill.com or download the app. And if you don't spot something you fancy, why not tweet at William Hill using the hashtag YourOdds for your very own personalised bet. 18 plus only, be gambleaware.org and when the fun stops, stop. Any more results from the weekend that you'd like to touch on? Well, we've got to talk about what went on a Carrow Road, haven't we? Go on, <laughs> go? Seven. West Bromwich Albion involved in a thriller. I mean, this is a new team that Darren Moore has, uh, has transformed uh, the baggies, hasn't he? But yeah, no, it, was a, it was a cracking game. And actually, I'd like to talk about one of the Norwich players, uh, O'Neill Hernandez. I mean, I, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I hadn't heard of him before before the start of this season. He came from German football. Uh, Braunschweig, I think, was the club. And I think I've actually pronounced that okay. So I'm chuffed. But he came in and uh, he's Cuban-born and he's German, which is interesting anyway. And, and he's just ripped it up. I mean, from the, from the highlights that I've seen, 
he's he he's been their go-to guy, and they needed someone after they sold Murphy and, and Madison. So uh, two goals, two assists for Hernandez. He might turn out to be, and he might turn out to be one of the uh, signings of the season. Do you feel that a bit though with Norwich? And the caveat to this is, I was talking to an Ipswich fan for most of the journey in, so I might be a little bit coloured in my viewpoint of of Norwich at this point in time. But I kind of feel like they had all the attributes to do better, and I kind of feel that again this season. I agree, yeah, a little bit of an unknown quantity still. And I think the jury was out with him, very split, the supporters gave. Well, he's got another year, Daniel Farker, and I enjoyed watching them play last year. I always said a lot of diminutive little midfield players, a lot of rotation, nice brand of football. I think he's not going to be afforded the the time probably this season. They need to hit the ground running and get and get a better points return. It was almost the, the tale of two penalties at the weekend. Jordan Rhodes, such a consistent goal scorer over the years, very reliable, you would imagine, from the spot, really lacked conviction. Uh, and Rodriguez at the other end, very clinical in his finishing. So he has to get the goals this year. Jordan Rhodes, and, and like Adrian rightly says, this lad Hernandez has started the season so sharp, he's going to become a real crowd favourite. Yeah, but man like Jay Rodriguez. Oh, what a player. <laughs> uh, let's have a quick touch, and it's never a quick touch, on Queen's Park Rangers. All sorts of talk about them having to, uh, their chief exec this week saying they're going to have to come away from Loftus Road to try and maybe get some more finance into the club. Might be off to Wormwood Scrubs or at least the, the Linford Christie Stadium, which is near there. There's a few problems around that that too for on the pitch for the time being though for Steve McLaren nothing's going his way well on the pitch I think a little bit of optimism from the performance on Saturday and, and one man in particular I wanted to touch on Eberetche easy I think people are going for rather than Eze outstanding and this is a boy that was on loan at Wickham not too long ago yeah. so flashes under Ian Holloway now he's going to be a permanent fixture this year and he's got a lovely way about him. QPR like a number 10, yeah. you know, a language style. And he can go either way, get shots off um, and scored a, a wonderful half volley. He gets but, off on that crowd too, doesn't he? When, oh, when you will do. They'll, they'll love him there. But they were so unfortunate. Two questionable decisions. Well, the second one is never a penalty, the Sheffield United winning no. goal. And the first one's marginally offside as well, I think, Billy Sharp. So big sympathy for Steve McLaren. On the pitch, the most important thing right now, of course, it's an uncertain future. They need to get some players in and they need to get a couple of loans in quickly to help those young players. It's going to be a tough season, but I think they showed enough quality, uh, flashes of it at least at the weekend, to show that it's not going to be too desperate. Yeah. QPR one, Sheffield United two. Easy one of the players then then to look at. Definitely, well, he's, he's, there's talent, no doubt about that. I just think they need to keep their heads. They're they're going with youth, which I think is really encouraging. They've got a manager that's that's good at improving young players. But the problem is, if you keep losing, young players will will have their confidence affected by it. They'll be knocked by it, and uh, because they just haven't experienced the. The, the highs and lows of football before it's yeah. just it's so new to them and if the fans will get on their back they'll be grumbling and, and, and I've seen a lot of young players lose confidence very quickly that is where you need senior players in to just keep keep a steady ship and you need your manager to stay calm as well now I don't want to be too derogatory about Steve McLaren. I don't rate him as a as a manager. Oh, he incidentally. Too derogatory. Um, but 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 he just gives me the impression from the outside that that he's flustered sometimes and that he can I don't think he is the calmest presence inside the box, so inside that technical area. So, so watch this space. They need. I think when you talk about the low moves, forget more young players. I think they need to be recruiting a bit of experience. Definitely. 
Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think inevitably you, you get a dip with the young players as well. You're not going to get that consistency across the piece. Yeah, I'd be talking about established players coming in and obviously they need to do it now because January I don't think is an option. So Steve McLaren's taken on the job and for me, he's not going to get too many chances, I don't think. This is really an opportunity for him to produce. And on the new ground, I mean, you're a QPR fan, right? Yeah. How big a stadium should they get? Because I don't think they've... They're not going to feel like a 30,000 stadium, are they? The, the problem that the, the, the chief exec has spoken about, it, uh, the, it not being self-sustainable as a business because mm. of the, the, the size of the ground. Um, the, the, the people going down to get snacks at half-time, mm. I think he referred to, there's not enough room there. There's not enough room there to build. I think he drew comparisons from took comparisons from Leicester and Southampton when they were in the championship and getting gates, you know, mm. exceeded 25. At Bournemouth? What about Bournemouth? I mean, they had a small mm. ground. That's a bit too far for fans to travel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bournemouth had a similar... We said MK Dons in a minute. <laughs> Bournemouth, I know that Bournemouth is, is a slight controversy there because they fell foul of, of FFP as well. Yeah. Got off lightly, really, let's be honest. But they, they had a good manager through astute recruitment, great coaching, and despite having small crowds, they made it to the Premier League. I think that the, the term he used was um, clutching for air or treading water. I mean, if the club's not run on an even footing as a as a financial business, then mm. you're, you're struggling, aren't you? And obviously they've had the the big fine as well. So, I, I mean, as emotional as it's going to be and as difficult, I think you know it's it's going to be great when they move into a new a new ground. And um, hopefully, you know, the the planning uh, comes to fruition in the next few years. 2013, I think I was still working with BBC London and I went to the big unveil of what a 40,000-seater stadium that was going to happen. We're still a way off that. Fingers crossed, though, for, for Rangers fans. But Loftus Road, even when it's a dirty old night, is a brilliant place to go and watch football. So no leg room. I think that's the problem with their visiting supporters, but... Yeah, you want to make that. it. You want to make it feel uncomfortable. Don't oh yeah, you? of course. That's what it's all about. Do you look, Joe, at this and <laughs> the wrong point in time? Apologies, QPR fans, just to be asking you about relegation prices, Joe. But but has anything changed down the bottom? No, despite some uh, decent results for some of the teams down at the bottom. If if we're looking at the relegation prices, Rotherham, who got the win against Ipswich at the weekend, their favourites at 11 to 10 to go down. Bolton have drifted ever so slightly four points from two games, but they are still second favourites at, uh, at six to four. And Ipswich uh, are still third favourites as well at, at five to two. QPR are in and amongst it as well. They're just a, a half a point a, above Ipswich at uh, 11 to 4, the same price as Reading. At the Totally Show to get in touch with us, I'm madly scrabbling through and doing the old right thumb hurts because I think it was Nathan that got in touch about Ipswich. He says, while it's still early days, Paul Hurst Ipswich, one point from six against two newly promoted sides. Does the pod, you lot, Adrian, Joe, Sam, do you believe that Hurst's policy of buying impressive League One, two players is too big a gamble for the championship? Or do you believe Ipswich will improve over the season? I do believe they'll improve because I think Hurst has got a fairly impeccable record as a manager, whatever level he's worked at. He's, he has uh, achieved success. He's improved the players he's got to work with. But it might be a slow burner and it was possibly a gamble too far to, to recruit so many that without champion championship experience I, I do believe and it pains me because I, I was brought up as an Ipswich Town fan I'd love them to, to get back into the Have top flight. Have they got flight. money to do anything I just don't, like that? It doesn't feel like it and yeah. and and I think post Mick McCarthy they have recruited a, a good choice but he needs the tools to work with and I think his his squad is is going to be in and around the relegation battle unfortunately. It's one of those things where Ipswich fans wanted to 
get rid of McCarthy and you know what you're getting with McCarthy. You're mid-table, he knows how to work without a budget. Mm. And will the Ipswich fans now take a season battling against relegation to have got rid of McCarthy? And Waghorn. Waghorn is a, you know, he was he, he was excellent for them. So I, I, I fear a bit for Ipswich, being honest. I think always a risk appointing the manager, but less of a risk bringing in, say, a Paul Hurst rather than someone from abroad. You know what you're going to get given what he's done previously, promoted out of the National League, Sterling job at, at Shrewsbury. But mm. Adrian's right. Some of those signings will work and some of them will find it difficult to make the step up. I certainly did when I, I made that journey to Suffolk. And, you know, if we take Caden Jackson for an example, a striker from Atkinson, that is a big jump considering what he's been playing in front of and what he's been playing against. You get fewer chances. I think they will steadily improve. But I think if they can consolidate this year, next year it'll be about adding a few more that have maybe got a bit more experience to some of these signings that hopefully work. But um, the problem within that is um, breaking the financial structure. And I think Paul yeah. Hurst likes to work with people that are young and hungry that are not massive earners. I think he's he's actually made a, uh, a concerted decision to actually move those kind of guys on. And how much of that would have gone on in the interview when he went for the job in the first place? Although, post Mick McCarthy is the new measurement I shall live my life by. Listeners, it's a new season and a new sound for the Totally Football League show. Whether you're new to us or have been listening since last season, we want to say thank you in the best possible way by offering you a free case of craft beer courtesy of our friends at Beer52. Beer52 is the world's most popular monthly craft beer discovery club. They search out incredible and exclusive small batch craft beers from the world's greatest breweries. Just head to beer52.com slash league and you can try your first case for free. All you have to pay is the £2.95 postage. So that's eight incredible craft beers plus Beer52's magazine ferment and some bar snacks delivered to your door with next day shipping. There's no minimum commitment with Beer52. If you decide after this free case that Beer52 is not for you, you can pause or cancel your membership at any time. So celebrate the new season of the Totally Football League show with Beer52. Head to beer52.com slash league to find out more. That's beer52.com slash L-E-A-G-U-E. You're listening to the Totally Football League show with Caroline Barker. Now, who wants to win League One? I hear you shout. Five teams at the top on six points. Portsmouth continued managerless Blackpool's miserable week. Peterborough, impressive, thrashing Rochdale 4-1. Gillingham beat Burton 3-1. And Doncaster, 3-0ers over Wickham. Sam Parkin, Adrian Clark, and Joe Crilly. Can we start with Mr Stendhal? <laughs> Bradford nil, Barnsley two, yee-haw, Daniel Stendhal. <laughs> Heck of a result again. Uh, it's it's not an easy ground to go to. It's it's a huge stadium. Roadworks delayed them getting there. Yeah. Did but you mean that? I, mean, I, I, you know, well, I didn't. But I they didn't. did. I, I, used to, I used to like it, seriously. I, I was happy if we only rocked up at a stadium just before the warm-up. Really? Did, didn't. Didn't want to think about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, not every player's the same. I don't know what Sam was like, but but the lo- if I got to a ground hour and a half, two hours before a game, I'd just stew and think about it. I'd just get a bit bored a little bit, waiting for it. I just wanted to get get changed, get out on the pitch and do it. And, it, and if I, if, even if I didn't have a warm-up, I, I wouldn't have been that bothered. So um, There's a danger yeah. you miss, miss kick-off, though, isn't there? I mean, I always mm. do it before going anywhere for work. <laughs> I pull up about a street away and just have a little sip, put my feet up. I, I was exactly the same. 10 to 3 would have done me. Go yeah. out, whack a few balls into the net, mm. go on with it. I, mm. I hated sitting there and overthinking all of it and, and getting more and more anxious. And, and people actually used to irritate the life out of me in the dressing room, the yeah. ones that had their, their routines. 
used to make me more anxious, you know, feeding off the others. So I used to sometimes just take myself away from it and, and gather my own thoughts. I didn't realise uh, Clarky and Parky were such kindred spirits. Well, <laughs> this is exciting times, isn't okay, it? No, I'm going to disagree with you when we get on to League Two. <laughs> yeah, but on, on Barnsley, yeah. Oh, yeah great, great performance again. Uh, Tom Bradshaw, terrific striker. They, they kept hold of him, which I think was really important, proven in League One. I think he gets 17, I think, in both of his, his seasons in League One. So... Barnsley are looking looking mustard, I have to say. Can we just have a moment for Tom Bradshaw's header? Thank you. Uh, do continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Barnsley, great start to the season. I think they've only made one signing. I think Kenneth Dougal, who's been getting rave reviews, he was at Sparta, Rotterdam and Aussie. And um, yeah, he's been thrilling, I think, the Barnsley supporters in the opening weeks. And I think good strength in depth there as well. A lot of good players, attacking players, through the piece, really. Um, big fan of Potts, Moncur, obviously Bradshaw you've touched on. Kiefer Moore's not yet got himself on the goal trail, but he'll be a real he asset. Yeah. He actually had his car stolen. I saw that on Twitter this morning. So maybe that had something to do with his, his lean start to the season. He's had a, a tough time of it. It's just like watching Brazil Barnsley fans I, were singing. I'll tell you what he needs to do. Because I was reading about it. Look, we, 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 we sort of go off on a tangent here. But the key fobs, I've, I've just purchased a, a pouch for your key key fobs because apparently that's that's how all, all these I keep new cars metal tin how all these new cars are being stolen yeah. I've got a little pouch and uh, apparently it completely kills the signal so it's a little, just, just little tip. in a biscuit tin or little, something like that yeah, too little, little tip for the uh, clearly if you're about to rob my house they're not in a biscuit tin because <laughs> I don't eat biscuits that's how I keep this shape uh, <laughs> sorry everyone uh, Bradford nine summer signings in their starting lineup so a, a bit of chop and change for them too I do want to just quickly move on we're all in agreement Barnsley look hot right Joe I mean you can agree with that Joe yeah I do a, a betting column in the mirror on a Saturday and every season I kind of latch on to a team very early doors last season it was Shrewsbury because they offer really good value they were, they were always outsiders to, to win most of their games last season and Barnsley while they won't be outsiders away from home 13 to 10 they were a great price at the weekend and they were my bet of the day on Saturday yeah, if, if only the rest of us had a column in a, a newspaper. Is there a up. picture with that said column <laughs> that we can pour over? Uh, there isn't. I was uh, sensible enough not to take one on my iPhone and send it in. Yeah. Uh, this time next week, we'll get the column and we'll just put a picture on it and then throw a dart. No, I don't. Uh, you can, though, give me odds on whether you had the first red cards for managers to come in the Plymouth South End match. Derek Adams up against Chrissy Powell. I'm saying that just for Ian McIntosh. Adams claimed he was grabbed by the throat. This one finished 1-1, but that was kind of the side issue, wasn't it? Adams claimed he was grabbed by the throat by Powell, who said uh, that the Argyle boss was rude to one of his players, but kind of admitted that he had grabbed him by the throat too. Were they odds-on to be the first red cards? <laughs> no, not at oh, all. Did I, you who, even do odds-on that? Uh, we At the start of the season, we toyed with the idea and we had a market out for a matter of hours, maybe maybe 24 hours. Hang on, let's um, have a guess. Who do we think was number one odds? Oh, Joey. Yeah, <laughs> Joey. it has to have been Joey Barton, or, or, wasn't it? Or Steve Evans. Oh, I mean, yeah. oh. He, would, he would surely have been cool. a contender. Yeah, was yeah well, we, we, we priced up every manager across the football league and believe it or not, it was Joey Barton and Steve Evans were both six to one favourites. Reformed, both reformed. <laughs> Plymouth Argyle won, Southend won. The aforementioned Joey Barton, Fleetwood, TM. Two nil winners at, at Oxford. I'm just going to give a little mention to Ricky Holmes going to Oxford. Apparently he was brilliant. They didn't win. Anyone want to talk about Fleetwood? Yeah, I mean, good first victory. N needed it after the... Uh... 
disappointment of the opening day defeat against AFC Wimbledon. Chad Evans up and running, uh, a penalty for the other one, and, and looked good, looked in control. And Oxford, I think, Ricky Holmes, along with a number of um, new signings and uh, a good squad, uh, good players that remain from last year, they shouldn't str- struggle this year. I really like Carl Robinson, I really like Sean Derry, mm. uh, and I think they'll be okay, Oxford. I think it's been a difficult start, conceded six, conceded, uh, scored none. So not what the uh, the Oxford fans would have wanted from their opening two games, but I think they'll be OK. And Fleetwood, again, we spoke about it last week. Going to play good stuff, knows the game. Um, I think he wants to play attacking football. Um, and, uh, yeah, good to get their first away victory the first time of asking. Yeah, definitely. Just a word on another young manager, actually, uh, Doncaster, uh, Grant McCann. I think he's... I'm really, really chuffed for him because he had the chance at Peterborough where he was a bit of a legend and... After a great start, it tailed off and they were pretty brutal in the way that they pulled the trigger on him. And yeah. and when they did let him go, they almost inferred, I remember, that maybe he's just not cut out for management. It, it, that, it, they didn't say that verbatim, but it, they inferred that maybe he's not right to be a manager. And he's gone in at Doncaster and he's been really bold. And he's basically he's playing high-risk football, really adventurous, um, free-flowing, full-backs flying forward, great to watch. We'll, we'll gift chances to the opposition, but but so far, so good. They're, I mean, three goals in, in the first two games. The, the, the Donny fans must be loving it. And, and yeah, I, I wish him well because, he, you know, he's 38. He's, he's probably maybe fortunate to get that second chance at such a good club. Mm. Really hope he takes it because uh, the football that he's coaching is, is fantastic. 3-0 win over Wickham, who aren't easy to play. There was a spell, I think, in the first half when they thought, it's, it's not going to come for us. And then... After what was it, fifty-five minutes? All started going in. Yeah, and and I did notice that that Wickham had have an amazing record away from home, don't they? I didn't think they've been been beaten since December or something on their travels, and the manager deliberately withheld the information. Now I, I thought that was fantastic because towards the end of my career, more and more information was being given to me as a player, and I didn't always want it. I, I genuinely didn't. But and we've we've touched on that. I, I didn't want to overthink it, and and I think that's great management. What do you think, Sam? Would you? I mean, it's an easily accessible stat that Wickham are good away from home, but he deliberately withheld that stat not to not to sort of make the players clam up, I guess, ahead of the game and, and worry about Wickham. It would, I mean, that's good management, right? I think we're getting a little bit excitable if we think that the players do their due diligence and know anything about what the previous teams have done done previously. Yeah. Sorry, but no, I don't know. I think um, there's little bits and pieces that each manager is introducing in the modern game and um, that could work definitely I think Doncaster maybe were a little bit reliant on Marquis in seasons gone by I think he's got I think 40 in the last two seasons league goals uh, on the score sheet again at the weekend and I wanted to just mention Joe Wright 76 games without scoring he got one in the net at the weekend as well so very much written off, I think, before the season started. Doncaster, probably a lot of people's favourites to be relegation fodder. Well, maximum points along with some other big clubs as well. Pompey and, and Peterborough starting like House on Fire as well. I, I love how we all looked at Joe then. So uh, probably some people's, were they? Uh, yeah, well, they, they weren't amongst the favourites to go up and they, they still aren't amongst the favourites. But I, I think if you look at the bottom of the table, the four teams without any points, and you'd have expected at least three of those to be up pushing for promotion. I fully expect Oxford and, and Burton primarily to, to move up the table relatively quickly. Uh, we are all of the opinion it's 10 games, right? And, and then you make a decision. At the moment, Oxford, Burton 
at Shrewsbury and, and Bristol Rovers, you're all right. You'll be okay. Although I know oh, it's fast. Are we getting 10 games? Me, me, no. me Clark and Parky? Mm, yeah, maybe a bit too. <laughs> Clarky and Parky. <laughs> Only if I improve the jingle. Talking of perhaps um, harder times, tougher times, Charlton, mm. we all remember a, a few of the things that the fans feel like they've been forced into doing these these stunts. We had the uh, mock funeral, didn't we? We had the, the toy pigs being thrown onto the pitch. Uh, this week they've they've delivered some water after there was no water being given to some of the younger players at the training ground at, at Charlton. Again, it's that bang in your head. What can you do? Sorry, I'm just banging everything. I'm going to do it again. Because as fans, what, what do you do? If you feel like you're, you're desperate, you're up against it, you can see maybe your players trying to give a bit of everything, your manager trying to give a bit of everything, and, and then feeling like you're not getting the support. We know they're trying to sell the club supposedly we know things that well we don't know we don't know how far advanced that is and that's the frustration this whole lack of communication as players how do you ride that out how do you just shut everything that's going out around Uh, you incredibly difficult I think it comes from the manager though almost and I think those two guys there Lee Bowyer and Johnny Jackson just get on with it you know Mm. on the training ground that's all you can really can really do as players Um, and they've had two good performances to start there's been light at the end of the tunnel that's the frustrating thing for the supporters I think with the potential takeover that just hasn't materialised as of yet Lee Bowyer still doesn't know from week to week if he's going to be the caretaker or if he's going to be the full-time manager but like I said good performance at the Stadium of Light ran out of legs a little bit last weekend and a really good last-minute victory uh, on Saturday. Lyle Taylor again on the score sheet. And and Grant, who was, I wouldn't say surplus to requirements last year, but Kern Grant went off to Crawley, played for Harry Kuehl, Lee Bowyer's best mate. I think Lee Bowyer referred to Harry Kuehl as the best winger that he, he played with by a country mile. What better person to learn off? And he's come back, revitalised Grant. Uh, looks like a player, real pace at the top end of the pitch and, and got a little header to get them over the line at the weekend. So... Yeah, I think it's a very passionate support that they've got there, and you just hope that you know one day they can they can have a club they can. They, I think they're proud of the team at the mm. moment, but a whole club they can be proud of. For those that didn't see it, the, the negative headlines, some of the local papers, Evening Standard as well, talking about the fact that water wasn't delivered for the the younger players at, at training. The club though have insisted there was a decision to change the water policy, but that was due to high wastage and the environmental impact of plastic bottles. Charlton fans, you're uh, more more than welcome onto the show the at lads, the Totally Show. The, the young lads were probably pleased. It's probably just a bit of head tennis, wasn't it, that day? Yeah. Probably just had a, probably had a swim. And and you know what? You can bring your you can bring your own water. You can you know use a tap, put it in a water bottle, and bring it. And and I do think that sometimes we we mollycoddle footballers. And and even though it's I get the negative headlines, and it's a bad cut back to make. It's symbolism, but, in but it, it is symbolism. You you. I've played for teams, okay, albeit in in the conference or the National League, as I should call it now. Well, you, you didn't get any of that. You'd have to bring your own food pre-match. You'd have to, you'd have to bring your own water. So. It's not the end of the world. Are you saying they don't know they're born? Kind of. Yeah. At the Totally Show for your comments. Shall we head headlong into League Two? Listeners, we know your time's precious, and that's why we've teamed up with Lord Timepieces, who are giving all listeners to the Totally Football League Show 15% off any watch at lordtimepieces.com with the discount code LEAGUE. Lord Timepieces are modern and elegant, and because they're only available online, they're affordable too. So whether you're after something smart or sporty, a metal strap or a leather strap, a gold face or a gunmetal grey face, you'll find that Lord Timepieces are Champions League watches at champions prices. Find out more and see the range for yourself at lordtimepieces.com league and your 15% will be applied at the checkout. Master your time and master your destiny with Lord Timepieces. That's lordtimepieces.com league. 
L-O-R-D-T-I-M-E-P-I-E-C-E-S. Now, how's that managerial change working out for you, Exeter? Matty Taylor's 100% and top of League Two. Two new win over Morecambe, who are pointless, goalless, bottom. Sam Parkin, do you see any way out for Morecambe at the moment? Well, you just never know. With Jim Bentley's side, they'll rally. I'm sure they will. And I probably said it last week on the show. They'll probably go down to the last couple of games of the season and get away with it. I mean, they've got some very... Senior, experienced players there. Roach, the goalkeeper. Ellison, of course, churning out season after season. But yeah, disappointing result for them at the weekend because I think we all expected Exeter to be a bit of an unknown quantity and they've started superbly well. Uh, Stockley with a a really good header and uh, Lee Holmes winning a penalty as well, I think, early on. And he'll be a big player for them this season because for all the players that Paul Tisdale took away to MK Dons, that Mm. Lee Holmes is an important part of what Exeter do. I think he'll be very important moving forward this year. Good start from the manager, isn't it, Matty Taylor? One of the most interesting characters, he's got to be, hasn't he, in the the EFL? I didn't realise until until recently that he was a goalie. Um, and he'd played in the FA Trophy final. So he was a really good goalie in non-league football and then, and then becomes a centre-half in, in the in the EFL and, and is now a manager. So so he's using his experience, isn't he, around the pitch to to, ins- to inspire these guys. Yeah, big boots to fill, great start. What, what a boost it is for, for the Grecians. So yeah, look, a bit of momentum. Um, we wish them well this season because uh, they lost, lost a few players, didn't they, the, what Tisdale took with them. But, but yeah, great start for them. Milton Keynes Exeter, isn't it? As some fans, I think, like to call them at the moment. He isn't, though, the manager of the week. According to the EFL, that honour goes to one Danny Cowley. On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Football League show from Muddy Knees Media. Some might say I am a little bit obsessed with Danny Cowley. I am. And his mum and his dad and his brother. The whole Cowley family are welcome round to mine for Christmas. And it's Christmas every weekend at the moment. Lincoln 4, Swindon 1. Gary from the Stacey West. We'll get on to why it's called the Stacey West in just a minute. Joins us now. Hi, Gary. Hello, how are you doing? Shall I do some ridiculous cliche and say impressive at the moment? Uh, are you surprised with how Lincoln have started the season? No, not at all. Quite like you say, I think everybody in Lincoln's obsessed with Danny Cowley and there's perfectly good reason why. We've been incredibly good on Saturday. Uh, We've been average in pre-season and we were terrible at Northampton, but Danny's a winner. His dad, his mum, as you say, they're winners, his wife, they're all winners um, and we're reaping the rewards. I love that. Mum goes scouting as well. Danny used to buy her the non-league football directory every Christmas. Is this a joke or is this true? This is actually true. It's true. I was unaware. No, but you can go and find this all out because Danny will have you in for a cup of tea and talk this. Anyway, it's not about me and Danny. Uh, Sorry, Sam, go on. Gary, I saw that the substitutes had a real impact at the weekend. I mean, how much has Danny Cowley bolstered that squad and is it looking a lot stronger than it was the previous campaign? Yeah, it's looking a lot stronger. In terms of numbers, we're still one or two light. Um, but what he's got is he, he's got experience on the bench. I mean, we brought on Matt Green, 17 goals last season, who was unlucky not to start. He scored the winner against Northampton. We brought on Jason Shackle, who obviously, as you know, he's been there, done it, won the championship. Phil Brown turned to his bench, and I think he brought on a 19-year-old who, you know, all well and good, decent player. But when 20 minutes to go, you bring in on players who have got almost a thousand appearances between them. It's a, you know, it's a phenomenal advantage. 
I've noticed that the crowds are unbelievably high at the moment at Central Bank, almost 8,500 at the weekend, Gary. Um, is, is there a specific reason for this, other than the fact that, that the whole town or the whole city are now fully behind the team, behind the manager? Because cause some of the football last year, let's be honest, was, was Route 1. Would you guys be, be bothered about the quality of the football? Or are you just there week in, week out regardless? Well, I think there's a couple of issues there. I mean, I think, first of all, the quality of the football is something that Danny wants to change. When he came into the side, uh, he knew what our strengths were. Big back, right up front. You can go into him nice and quickly, and that alleviates pressure on the defence as well if the ball's sticking up front. This season, we've seen a lot more focus on getting the ball down and playing with um, with Shea McCart and with Bruno Andrade. Harry Anderson's back in. So the quality of the football's changing. Now, in terms of the fan base, I think football fans always want to see their team win. And I think to a degree the method in which a team wins can often kind of be masked a little bit by that euphoria. You know, if you win 1-0 against Gillingham and all you've done is booted it long on 90 minutes, the score still says 1-0 to Gillingham. And I think winning brings fans back. Lincoln's a, a, a decent-sized city. We've got a big university. The club has always threatened to have six, you know, seven, 8,000 every single week. But now we've got uh, an enthusiastic manager that everybody can relate to and, and people are just coming in their drives. In terms of the, the the formation, he's played a three and a and a four so far this season in defence. Is that flexibility something that could be important as well to try and take the next step and be successful this year? Yeah, it makes my job a lot harder. I try and predict the starting lineup every week, and there's there's no idea. I mean, he he can go three at the back, four at the back. He can go four three three with three up front. He can go with a traditional pair, and he can go with one up top three and behind. And genuinely, the way that he's been moulding the squad and, and the flexibility with which they move between formations, even during matches, means that whatever you see on the team sheet within 15 or 20 minutes can have changed in the blink of an eye. And teams are going to find it incredibly hard to set up, especially the ones that come to Lincoln going, we know what we're going to expect. It's going to be big balls into John Akindi or Matt Reed. And then all of a sudden, they've got a bank of three attackers with a ball at their feet playing into Akindi's feet. Teams are going to be taken by surprise. Akindu, what a player. Shane McCartan, I think, is that creativity, isn't he, now for, for Lincoln too. Just everywhere you look on the pitch, I think he's he's taken him that season, but Danny Cowley's worked it out. Uh, we're going to let you go because otherwise I will just say Cowley, Cowley, Cowley over and over again, Gary. Tell us about the Stacey West and, and how people can find out more from you. Yeah, well, first of all, it's called the Stacey West after um, the end of the ground, which I feel I grew up in, which is the Stacey West stand, named after the two fans that... Um, Lost their lives in a Bradford fire disaster, and um, so I've kind of carried carried that homage on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Stacey West blog, or you can find me online at StaceyWest.net. If you do get a chance to go into the Stacey West to or clearly see what you're doing, Gary, but to actually go into the stand itself, if you can go to Sinsel Bank, well worth a visit as well. Gary from the Stacey West, give him a, a follow too. If you want to come on the show and talk about your side, we would love it at the Totally Football Show. Just briefly, I thought there'd be more than three teams on maximum in in League Two. But when you look at who they've all played, Lincoln have beaten Northampton and Swindon. So no easy shakes for for both those sides. And I think they've had a tougher start than Exeter and MK. Exeter have beaten Carlisle and Morecambe. MK have beaten Alderman and Bury. So Lincoln at the moment, (laughs) unlike me to get ahead of myself, (laughs) but they're doing all right. Serious contenders have to be after last season and what Gary spoke about there, the, the depth in the squad now, too strong for Swindon I think they blew them out of the water in the first half an hour Swindon had a little bit of a spell where Lincoln lost their way but if you've got people who can come on 
like Green and mm. influence it from the bench. Obviously, Akinde's been starting. You've got a real chance this season. And the flexibility that he spoke about brilliantly there, Gary, in the formation. People expecting them to boom it. They've got a little bit of extra to their game now. Anderson was a player, I think, who was vitally important at the weekend. They kind of matched him up against Matt Taylor. Matt Taylor's an outstanding footballer, don't get me wrong, but the athleticism of Anderson, I think, wore Swindon Town down. So, great result for them and worrying times for Swindon. Only two games in, but they'll have to respond this weekend. Yeah, well impressed with, with Lincoln City. I remember seeing them uh, against Chelsea last year and it was a cracking club, really is. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of Cowley. I just wonder what it's going to take to, to prize him out of there. If they, that's the issue. If they do so well, yeah. he won't last the season. I know he signed a massive new contract, but I still don't believe that if a real, if a championship giant, for example, comes in for him mid-season, that they would be able to keep him. That's the one, I don't want to be a, a preacher of, of doom and gloom for Lincoln, but yeah, if they do too well, it might be a problem. You did say you were well impressed, which was well impressed. handy well done for that. And also they, they rode out that whole Ipswich links and rumours, didn't they, as well, uh, which seemed to keep rearing themselves until... Paul Hurst walked in there. Uh, Ryan Lowe, by the way, after that MK Berry defeat, said, we've got to put the ball in the net. So well done for the local paper who put Berry it as the headline. <laughs> again, was another. Very good. Yes. Uh, at the Totally Show then, for any thoughts on League Two, League One or the Championship, funnily enough. Uh, one last thought we'll touch on. How many of you watched Macclesfield, the Siltman, trailing uh, just over 20 minutes to go in League Two and their feathered friend interrupted play. Uh, any of the highlights you would have seen at the weekend, any of the pictures you would have seen at the weekend, mm. talking about League Two, will have had the goose in it. It's great, it. wasn't it? It's great. It. it was absolutely fantastic. I've never played on a, in a match where where a goose has stopped play. I have You're to say, no, exactly. And and let's let's give kudos to the person that, that caught said goose because I wouldn't want to be approaching a goose, would you? Did you see him? Oh, he had a stinker. Took him forever to get it. Oh, he was, he was like Benny Hill. <laughs> it didn't need the Benny Hill music, didn't it? Macclesfield nil, Grimsby two. So the goose did for Macclesfield as well in that one. That was a red card. It didn't cheer Rose up of no. um, Grimsby because it was a atrocious challenge he got sent Um, odds on league two and Lincoln doing well yes we may be only two games in but Lincoln are odds on for promotion there's only two teams in the country that are odds on for promotion from their divisions and that is Sunderland at five to six from league one and Lincoln at five to six in league two oh really I mean that was genuine surprise for me then anyone else (laughs) surprised no, let's really? move on, shall we? Uh, talking of surprises, what will be the big surprises coming this weekend? Any fixtures that jump out and bite you like a goose? <laughs> well, ordinarily, I wouldn't pick out Mansfield, Colchester as a, as a classic in the making, but but I think that these are two decent sides. I think that, that they might be there or thereabouts at the end of the season, so it could be one to to keep your eye on, I, I think, in the, in the coming weeks. Colchester United are yet to concede a goal, which, OK, two games in is not, is not the feat of the century, but... I think given how many young players they've got, John McGreal uh, at his disposal, I think that's that's an achievement of sorts. And if you saw the goals from their win against Port Vale at the weekend, they were real high class, real quality, lovely football, pass and move, give and go stuff. Um, Courtney Senior was was excellent by all accounts, former Brentford youngster uh, on the wing. So, so yeah, Colchester United, not a glamorous side, but, but they might just um, surprise a few people this year. Maybe not glamorous, but they are doing their programmes for all, where you get a programme with your, your ticket, and um, I think uptake on, on the programmes is about, I actually don't know the figure, 422%, which clearly doesn't exist. I think it's about 80%. Uh, as opposed to maybe 30% as it was. Matt Hudson from Colchester United mm. will correct me and feel free, Matt, to get in touch with us via Twitter. But they've done that programme.
programs for all, so a big tick next to them for me. Any league, any team? We didn't get a chance to speak to Gary, but it's the big derby of the weekend. Forget Chelsea, Arsenal, Grimsby, Lincoln. And I'm well versed in this because my dad's from Lincoln. So um, in very much 1960s humour, whenever a ball goes over the top of a crossbar, he shouts Grimsby. <laughs> Yeah, so I had to put up with that for 20 years of my life. So, yeah, it's a big game, and uh, you can see because it's a 1 p.m. kickoff, I think. So that shows okay. that the uh, the policemen might um, have their hands full as well. Yeah. Didn't they used to play that game on Christmas Day? And they used to play them back-to-back, almost like Christmas Day, Boxing Day. They used to play the reverse fixtures. We still, seem do, to, we still do that in, uh, in non-league a fair bit. So we've got Bill and Ricky. Chumps would have got Bill and Ricky over that period back to back to back as well, but with an extra day in between for us all to recover from the <laughs> obscene hangovers. In the Championship, I think Bristol City Middlesbrough will be a proper football ding dong, and I think the football on on display should be high quality. Yeah, definitely. I think I think Bristol City uh, did well. They'll be they'll be lifted, won't they, by the fact they came back from two goals down to to get a draw. At Bolton Wanderers, uh, Andreas Weimann's hit the ground running, hasn't he, for for Bristol City? And they needed somebody to, because obviously in the in the absence of of Bobby Reid, they somebody had to fill fill the void. The uh, the kid from Cheltenham is is he playing at the moment? He hasn't scored He's a goal yet. He? he came on, I think, yeah. the other day and very nearly got a goal. Just mm. um, one that just screwed wider the, the post. But yeah, they have to bed him in, I bed think, won't in. they? Yeah, I think I think that's a cracking game in in prospect. Yeah, long long journey, isn't it, for for Middlesbrough to make? But uh, but yeah. I, I would expect goals there. You, I always expect goals, really, with, with Bristol City. Great pass, wasn't it, for for the goal for Vyman at the weekend? Marlon Pack. Marlon Pack with yeah. it. Yeah, it was, a, it was incisive with a capital I. Absolutely brilliant sort of slide rule pass. Probably the pass of the weekend. No, well, I don't know. I think it just happened there between Parkey and Clarkey. Mm. I, th- I think very much there, that, that working together, the solutions to the weekend. Before I let you go anymore, you can have one more each. I think... Uh, Millwall Derby and the reason for that being it's obviously been a quite a testing start for Derby uh, and already obviously pressure not not pressure but just the type of game that it will be full throttle Millwall will start very very fast if yeah. Derby are going to persist in trying to play out from the back and Jody Morris a former Millwall player and Frank Lampard a former West Ham player so they will get a a lovely welcome when that bus pulls into the den. Wigan versus Nottingham Forest for me. I think two really attack-minded sides. Wigan, the joint top scorers in in the EFL alongside Villa in 2018. And I've been really impressed by their sort of attitude towards the championship. They haven't gone to places like Villa Park and looked to sort of park the bus and to keep things tight. They're, they're going for it. And I love that about them. They've, um, they were involved in a thriller, weren't they, against Sheffield Wednesday on the opening day as well. And Forest, I think New Look Forest will will take it to them as well. So so if there's a match for the for the neutrals to, to maybe go along and watch this weekend, it might be that one, Goldfest. I quite like the look of Leeds, Rotherham. Uh, Leeds, as you would expect, very heavy favourites to win this one. But the teams that they've played so far in Stoke and Derby are teams that you would expect to have a bit more of the ball where they can press higher up the pitch Rotherham you will imagine will have a a lot less possession so it'll be interesting just to see how Bielsa one sets the team up or two if he carries on playing the same football that he is how it works against a team who has less of the ball I kind of feel he's worked everything else out so far hasn't he that that this will be another one that he finds a solution to Rotherham go prove me wrong my thank you to Sam to Adrian and to Joe and to you as well for your comments at the Totally Show that's how you can get in touch with us on the podcast or you can email hello at muddykneesmedia.com that's hello at muddykneesmedia.com And if you want to pester us individually, why wouldn't you? You can find us on Twitter too. 
Until next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Totally Football League show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com and make sure you check out our brand new podcast for this season, the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. 